Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Roker Report podcast. I am your host, James Copley, and I am joined, as always, by Gav. How are you doing, mate? Not as always. Well, often. Mostly. 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 Yeah, I'm here. I don't know why I've got, like, as always in my brain. Because you normally go, as always, Connor Bromley, and he's not uh, here the night. he's not here, thank God. Thank God. But fear not, because we have got somebody here who will provide wit. We have professional comedian David Callahan. Hello. Hello, boys. You alright? How's yes. this? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, really good. I'm just very hungover and tired because it's been the end of the Glasgow International Comedy Festival. Um, so I've not seen Sunderland, I'd say, for six weeks. So, genuinely, I can't recommend it enough. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm getting erections again. It's great. It's really good. Highly recommend never watching this gypsy curse of a team. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go first off into a bit of background on yourself, David. Tell us what you do, what scenes you're on, what's, what's happening. Uh, so um, at the moment I'm uh, currently doing a show for I've just done it at the Glasgow Festival and then it'll be going to the Fringe uh, it's called Dead Man's Chest and it is a technological stand-up uh, adventure where the audience control what happens in the show using their smartphones oh. there's 269 billion different versions of the show and I've never done the same one twice um, and that'll be going to Brighton in May Guildford in June uh, Cambridge Festival in the end of June uh, London and somewhere else in July and I'm doing one in Newcastle so that's kind of where, where my focus is at the moment that's going to the to Edinburgh um, and then I'm doing a stand-up show as well which is called One for Sorrow Two for Joy Shoes uh, which is just a factual statement about shoes <laughs> and um, yeah that and that'll be at the fringe as well so I, I just kind of I just drive around in the middle of the night <laughs> I, go, I go and tell jokes to people in Sheffield and then I drive back and it's just me and dead-eyed lorry drivers <laughs> sounds like life and you have a show on Thursday as well yeah so um, I've been asked by the, the Writers Festival uh, in Sunderland to put on a gig and it's uh, independent on, on Thursday um, I, I can't remember how much tickets are but I think they're less than a tenner and it's uh, Matt Reed opening uh, Joe McGeehan who was Les Square Theatre New Act of the Year 2017 uh, The Delightful Sausage in the middle who are a sketch group from Manchester just finished um, supporting Kevin Bridges at the Manchester Comedy Store and then Carl Hutchinson who is uh, Chris Ramsey's tour support done a lot of telly work stand up uh, headlining so I think we've sold 60 but it'd be nice to sell it out um, mm. if anyone wants to come down I think it's going to be a smasher cool. nice. Very good Make sure you, um, you catch that listeners Right we'll go straight into the big news in football today really as it's international week it's been pretty slow until last night where news broke that well from the sun so you've got to take it with a pinch of salt that Niall Quinn was on his way back on his unicorn his white unicorn to save Sunderland AFC from the 
plummet into League One. Gav, you got very excited last night. I didn't. I got very excited this morning instead. We kind of <laughs> yeah. took it in shifts, didn't we? It was about half two when I got to bed. I was buzzing. <laughs> oh God! I was like, God, Queenie's coming back. Have a party. Do you think there's? Do you think there's something going on? Because it's we've seen the rumor digress and evolve and change. Do and you I, think what's going on? Tell us. Tell the listeners. By the time this goes out, it could have changed again. But right. as we know it right now, um, the club have distanced themselves from the rumor. That Niall Quinn was part of a, I guess, a consortium plan to take over the club. Um, but then, in addition to that, we've also been told that um, he was asked to help on an advisory basis with a consortium a while ago. Um, whether he did or not, I've got no idea. Nobody seems to know. Mm. Um, but like today, the narrative very much has been Niall Quinn is returning to Sunderland, which apparently isn't the case, which is a little bit sad. But for a little while, it did feel quite nice <laughs> pretending that the, there is a he was going to come that he might be facilitating a deal or in an advisory role with a new consortium, isn't there? Yeah, um, I guess. I guess we've just got to wait and see what happens. It, mm. It's not straightforward uh, in any sense of the word a, a takeover. Especially not with a basket case of a club like Sunderland, where everything that could possibly have gone wrong this year has gone wrong. Mm. So you know it wouldn't surprise us if Quinny did end up in Sunderland and end up dropping dead with a heart attack or something. And <laughs> it would be it, it would, would be very sudden. The, the, whole, the whole thing's been very sudden. I don't know if you agree, David, but the, the kind of the the initial hope everyone gets very excited, <laughs> and, and then there's the payoff, which is never it's never really a payoff, really, is it? Was well, wasn't it? I, it was an amazing feeling, just a little. Tinge of hope. Yeah. It's something that I've not experienced for like what five years. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, some a little part of my heart lit back up. There was a little <laughs> glow in the firmament. <laughs> I think it's mental. Like why on earth? I, I understand Quinny's got a lot of affection for the club, uh, but it has to be just a sentimental thing if he wants to come back at this stage. I mean, if you're a businessman who's going to buy a football team, one don't buy Sunderland. It never works. <laughs> but also, you you wait and you either buy it at the start of the season when we're worth something or you buy it when we've gone into administration because currently what were we worth at the start of the season 70 million what are we worth now apparently less, nothing less than, nothing well, but the debt if, yeah. the, if the debt's to be believed you know 100, 140 so we're, we're, we're worth minus 140 million quid so until that's cleared mm. which yeah. um, I can't see it happening in the near future I mean if you look at the structure of the uh, parachute payments they're essentially what 70 million over three seasons two thirties and a a Mm -hmm. ten Mm -hmm. so that all has to go to the American Sports Bank because those are the guys that we're beholden to short can walk away and just you know write it off but the American Sports Bank will get their money and they'll get it by hook or by crook so you've got 30 million this season you can get 30 million next season and then 10 million the next that means that we're not going to be in terms of you know we're not going to be stable as a club and debt free from our debtors for another two years Mm. it's mental to us now I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know the ins and outs of how this works, but it, apparently that loan has to be refinanced this summer, I think. I've heard that too, I think. Um, I think that was pretty much confirmed by Martin Bain at the supporters meeting, wasn't it? And uh, I think I think the, the, the 140 million which you're talking about, um, that was the last set of accounts, the 2016 accounts, right. whereas we can probably assume that's dropped a fair amount considering the amount of cuts being made at the club lack of spending on transfers etc etc so I mean it, it it will be less but it'll, it's still going to be a huge amount um, the rumoured amount's around 70 million again it might become clearer when the accounts come out next month because I think they've got by the end of April haven't they right. to submit their accounts so it, I, I just think that anybody like you just 
alluded to before anybody mental enough to take this club on once mm. Probably the, the head saint, to be honest. But there was there was then a third rumour, wasn't there? Because there was the initial Quinny's coming over on horseback to take over the whole club as chairman. And then there was the second, no, he's just kind of facilitating a deal. And now there's a third, which is Ellis Short will stick around, but Quinn will be the, the business end in terms of football. So it's all a bit up in the air. Keith Downey's come out and said he knows nothing. There's several national journalists who have denied it as well. Are we just getting our knickers in a twist about nothing? Or do you think... The payoff oh, is near. I don't know. I, I, why would why would Nal Quinn work for Ellis Short again? Well, what? they don't like each other, do yeah, they? Yeah, because he sacked him in the first place. I, no, I he, wa- he walked away, didn't he? But it, I think it was a disagreement. Yeah, yeah, which led to him leaving. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I, I think that's that's probably where the downfall of the club kind of began. The rot set in because as soon as you don't have a, an operating manager who understands the industry, then you you're always going to be led by market forces and agents probably. And that if you look at Jack Rodwell, Papi Gillibodji, you know, Alvarez. All of these are probably agents who've come to Ellis Short and said, I've got this great player. You should, you know, you should sign him. Yeah. And and we've fell for it each and every time and it's been a massive downfall. If you don't have any kind of operating force in terms of knowing the business, in any business, you're just going to fail outright. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and Ellis Short didn't seem to understand that. Mm. You know, the person at the top of every company has to understand what the company does <laughs> and how the industry works. Yeah. It's like it a green grocer selling cars. It's the most mental thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the base level, the arrogance of Ellis Short to be able to, um, you know, try to operate Sunderland without any prior knowledge of football and try and flip it as quickly as he did. Uh, and and then also, I just think it's. I, I don't understand why anybody would would buy Sunderland. I, I seriously don't understand why anyone would work with Ellis Short. I don't understand why they would go into negotiations with the Ellis Short because you've seen what happened last summer with the German uh, group and the Fullwell seventy three lads tried to play them off against each other. They both pull out some problems with due diligence. There's clearly some real rot mm. in it. I, I think if it was me, I'd wait until the whole thing is blown up and then you come back and you go, "There's a shell of a football team there." With a stadium and with a training the, ground. With a stadium and a training ground, I'll 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 pick that up for nothing, and we'll see what we can do with it. But at the moment, God, I, I agree with everything you're saying, David. But I, I hope I do hope the the potential buyers aren't listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, in the summer, we, I mean, at the minute, although it seems ominous, but future isn't decided yet. Um, in the summer, we will know if we're going to be a League One club or not. I think it's pretty safe yeah. to say we will be. But right. as of right now, we do still have a chance of staying up. Um, but any any potential buyer of the club is going to want to wait until that fate is sealed, or you know what you would be you would be pretty stupid to go into negotiations n- not really knowing what's going on. Yeah. Um, at least when we are in League One, we're, we're more towards well what you've just said, where um, we're pretty much at our lowest, and and the price has went down that much <clears throat> to the point right now where we believe that Ellis Shaw's prepared to pretty much give the club away. Um, I mean, if the like I say, the rumours today are to be believed, he's he's prepared to stick around and keep um, effectively paying the bills while investors come in to sort the playing side of the club out mm. for two years. Uh, I mean, it just sounds so it's bizarre, crazy. doesn't it? Absolutely crazy. Uh, and it it's, it's quite he, sad, isn't what it? What does he get out of that at the end? There's a mm. there's an agreement on how much the club's worth, and then it's sold. I suppose I suppose he stays owner while some investors come in and effectively. By what players for us? That's uh, dodgy. That sounds really dodgy yeah. to me. Well, he, he, apparently, by all accounts, um, from 
again what's been said today um, any investor would would be with a view to eventually owning the club yeah yeah um, it's just weird it's a weird fit that isn't it so, you know it's a it's like a Darren Gibson parking job it's, <laughs> it's a strange like I, I don't see how unless the unless the American debtors are paid off we can ever move forward so you know you either look for the that money to come in from somewhere because we're we're going at an operating loss I assume at the moment yeah I assume everything so or what is Alice Short just just paying that out, out of his own pocket well the, the last set of accounts had our wage bill at around nearly 80 million which should have been considerably it? cut now yeah but we don't really know I mean costs but, have been cut redundancies have been made the top tier will be closed next year mm-hmm. the stadium running costs aren't as high but then again the match revenue isn't as high so we don't really know where we are at the moment but we can only guess you've got to think are we going to we're going to struggle to sell players who aren't playing well currently mm-hmm. who are on big wages so I mean getting rid of Jack Rodwell is going to be an absolute oh, ball if they can't if they can't I need a yeah if Connor was here he'd be telling us to put money in the swear job he would I um, but I think if I, I don't know whether his wages would drop if we were going to League One but 70 grand a week in League One has that ever been done no um, I, I mean I remember when Wolves done the back to back relegations and they had the likes of Roger Johnson and players like that on big money mm-hmm. but I bet it was nothing anywhere near that no. Catamore's probably got to be one of the top earners at the club on a long contract as well I think his deal's still got another three years to run Wow. 2021 his deal runs out and he's got to be one of the top earners at the club again uh, he's probably saw a cut in his wages when we went down but I mean do you reckon do you reckon that was even factored into contract negotiations that if we ever end up in League One it would drop I, d- I, I doubt severely it. doubt it. I don't think this could have ever been foreseen by by anyone I don't think anybody expected this um, and then you've got the likes of again uh, Coney is another one who's got a big long contract who's going to buy him mm. um, but the likes of likes of Steele who came in on a free another one. He, he won't be on pittance you know what I mean I think he'll be I on saw, a saw something around 15 grand a week he's on and, and he's incompetent it's a lot I mean. of money I mean you know. give me 15 grand a week I'm, <laughs> not that, I'm not that competent at my job but <laughs> it's it's difficult to see where we go and I think although um, people who tend to know a little bit about money and finances of kind of I, I saw uh, Chris uh, Weatherspoon from ELSC uh, dispelled the myth of administration on Twitter the other day he wrote the book on short uh, mm-hmm. tenure at the club didn't he etc um, Chris said works that in, it's, works in finances yeah well, he, he says it's just not plausible for someone to go into administration but you can understand why people um, why people do Fear that word and why they do but talk about it, especially when the when the top press at the club, Ellis Short, Martin Ben, don't really seem to care. Yeah. You, you kind of think what's stopping them, but I suppose the bottom line for them is money. And if it doesn't make sense, you know, financially for for Sunderland to go into administration, they probably won't just yet. Yeah, and I think, um, I think it was the Red and White Army meeting last week. Uh, that was one of the topics brought mm. up. Um, the guys on the panel said that they'd been. Uh, They'd been informed by being that just wasn't on the cards, but I mean, I guess he was. That's not the first time that, Martin Benz lied to supporters' organisations, though. Yeah, alle- allegedly, yeah, allegedly lied. So hang on, I've missed this because I've been away, <laughs> right? Where did Martin Benz was supposed to appear in front of? Um, was with Chris Coleman right, at, yeah. at the Peacock for uh-huh. um, Wise Men Say they, they'd organised a kind of um, a live Q and A, uh, and I think we lost two. I can't remember who we lost two. 
we lost anyway. I mean, which 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 time did it? We, we lost a game, and the club pulled out of it the next day. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> the, and, and the why, reason why, cited. I mean, the, the lad the lads from Wise Men say were were pretty pretty annoyed because they'd been done over really. Yeah, and the venue. It's crazy that they would think, oh, well, of course we, you know, we'll pull out only if we lose a game. Yeah, we've we've lost pretty much every game. I don't don't think an actual reason was given. They were meant to disclose that to them, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, but I think I think he'd been getting a few threats on Twitter, hadn't he, Martin Bain? Possibly. From people who said, "Do this, do that." Oh, when he's on stage, and right, yeah, yeah. Imagine there'd have to be security there. Yeah. So I mean we don't know the ends and outs of that. Like. It's a, it's a shame it was uh, it was cancelled because it was a it was a, a potentially interesting event, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a good uh, it was a good opportunity for Coleman to sit in front of the fans and talk, which, um, which is who I feel sorry for because he's been denied of that chance. When I'm, I'm pretty certain, actually, he would have definitely been up for it no yeah. matter what the result was. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I actually listened to the explanation that the, the lads gave on their show. Mm. Um, they wanted Coleman not being and being. Had insisted that he was there. They right. made that clear that the only they didn't think it was a good idea that Martin Bain would be there. Mm. He repeatedly made it clear that he thought he should be, and in the end, it all fell to bits, which must be galling on their half because they 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 wanted to uh, they wanted to make sure that you know the fans got what they were expecting, which was Chris Coleman, not Martin Bain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, we're going to take a quick. Uh, break and we're going to come back with a um, second half substitution in the hosting sticks which I'm very much looking forward to see you shortly so we have a substitution here welcome to the second half of the Roger Report and um, well yeah different voice it's me Johnny back again <laughs> moving from being a guest on the show to being the, the host I mean not, not a bad little uh, Move up there, I guess. Johnny, there's, no, there's no pressure with me being sat right here eyeballing you. Yeah, Sitting yeah. with his arms crossed, laid <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, just silently <laughs> judging you. Just yeah. so the listeners know what's going on, like Johnny was meant to be here at uh, five and he, he had prior... I, uh, yeah, I was doing my Spark show still, so I've had to leave that for now and I'm back in the studio here. <laughs> and, uh, well, this should be a lot of fun. We've obviously uh, st- spoke about the Nile Quinn situation. Uh, well... Let's you, move on to the next bit. You know all about what we spoke about, didn't you? It's yeah. really nice that this podcast is as rigorously organised as Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're usually really a lot better, across. aren't we? Yeah. Oh, Amazing well. method. You've all gone method. <laughs> it's a meta. Well, David, I think we'll uh, we'll do this and we'll start off with you on this. We're going to do a fill in the blank. Okay. Um, basically, we're going to give all of you a statement that is missing um, a word and all you have to do is think of a response to fill in the blank. Okay. So I'll give you three statements and whoever comes up with the... Well, I'll judge whoever gives the best answer, okay. basically. Okay, go so. ahead. No pressure on you, David Comedian. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> Professional footy <laughs> Fire away. So, after a solid victory over the Netherlands on Friday's England's young squad showed a glimpse of what they are capable of in the summer. So fill in this blank. England's World Cup performance this summer will be... Disappointing. <laughs> uh, You'd be stronger than that if you want. Hopeless. <laughs> um... Full of hubris, <laughs> uh, racist, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know what. Uh, I mean, it, is, it will be. Do, do you want me to debate the point? It will be disappointing, guys. I'm really sorry. <laughs> There's no fun in football anymore. I've realised no. this a couple of years ago. Um, we're never going to win another game, be it the national team or Sunderland, and you'll spend the rest of your lives sadly going to games. Going I'm, to watch I'm Welsh, so I don't care about it. <laughs> okay. He's Welsh. Uh, I got that in. <laughs> yeah. aren't, aren't Wales currently 1-0 down? Uh, they lost, yeah. All oh, right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I think the they won carries. 6-0 or something against China. Yeah, yeah. We've got the, the, the finals of the China Cup, lads. Which, uh, yeah, done. I saw this but if you, Who did they play in the final? Uruguay. <laughs> well... 
Cavani scored. No, you know? no, I was I was about to laugh at you, but no, that's fair enough. Yeah, and Uruguay aren't bad. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to be from Uruguay? It would. Diego Forlan, Luis Suarez, Cavani. Forlan still playing, you know? Does he? He plays in China. Of course he does. That's where everyone goes. Dubai. So, uh, Gav, what about yourself? England's World Cup performance this this summer will be <sighs> worse than Sunderland. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, that's probably. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting this to be like every other tournament, where England get hyped up that much that when they do turn up and play somebody, not even half decent things fall a bit. Um, especially with all I, I was listening to, where uh, I think it was the, I think it was the Totally Football Pod, and one of the guys on there was like talking as though England's going to win it at 20 to 1 England are a great outside shot and I was like we're not really are we we're still talking about what formation we're going to play whether Eric Dyer can be shoehorned into being a centre half um, who were best pattern is in the centre of the midfield it's like nah if you're talking about Jake Livermore and Lewis Cook that's, that's going to a yeah. World Cup we aren't mm. going to do very well especially with Belgium in our group I'm not expecting I think that we're okay in this. terms of like uh, full backs and if, if, we, if we play to those stylistic strengths mm. the problem is the problem that you always have with international teams is that they always are too defensive because you only get a really short amount of time mm. as an international manager so what do you do you don't, you can't implement a, like a, a philosophy what you do is you just crack out a formation and hope you don't, you know, concede in the first half. Mm. So, actually, tournaments become really dull <laughs> because <laughs> you've got really defensive teams playing against each other. But, James, what do you think England's World Cup performance this summer will be? Poisoned. No. Okay. <laughs> Top, topical, you see. Is yeah. it too soon? Or? And so, so why is that? Um, well, there was a story in the news. I don't know if you you saw it a couple of weeks ago about. Uh, Pretty so, topical, like yeah, uh, it's been all over. The we, might, we might be going to war with the Russians. Diplomats expelled and yeah. national outcry. And Theresa May, you know, her face actually expressed emotion at one point, which was madness. That's because she was poisoned. Contorted. She had wind. So it's gone from uh, seasoning to poisoning. Is that how it is? Yes, yes, that, that's <laughs> okay, how it's looking. Nice. Uh, for me, England's World Cup performance this summer will be. Uh, Disappointing, as everyone says. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be one of them things where, you know, it looks like a really great team, a really team together, young team, really promising, and we finish bottom of the group stage. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm one Cut of those cynical fans who enjoys England losing. Lo- really, I mean, I don't enjoy England losing, but I'm just like, ah, oh, that's funny because they're overhyped. Now, to, like, to be fair, like, I will want England to do well in the World Cup with Wales not being there because it's... Because you're nice. English? It, well, not really, but it's nice when England does well because you get such a good atmosphere. Like, when England does well, there's nothing like it in this country. It's ridiculous. So I, I do hope England pull it out of the back. I'm from Panama, me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. as well, so I'm sick of explaining. <laughs> well, I mean, it was weird in that last World Cup, wasn't it? Because Costa Rica finished top of the group. You know. Well, I'll tell you what was mad in that last Euros when Wales got the semi-finals in England. Oh, okay. yeah, that was yeah, crazy. Is that the one where England beat Wales? Yeah, we did. Yeah, Wales oh. still got further than that. I mean, <laughs> nobody cared about best, that. You best double check. <laughs> so then we also have the, the the famous rotten core. Here we go. The rotten the rotten core is a is a term used a lot by uh, fans when describing Sunderland. So fill in the blank. The real problem with Sunderland AFC is David. What do you think? What? <laughs> Uh, Lee Catamull's knees. <laughs> so, yeah. There's a huge problem with Sunderland <laughs> But the, I think they are like our hopes for the rest of the season, non-existent anymore. <laughs> we have waved goodbye to Lee Catamull's knees. 
Ah, God bless them and all who sail in them. That's all I say. <laughs> <laughs> there, okay, must be that, there mustn't be that much cartilage left in them, so they're pretty hollow, I would say. I, do you know what? It was. I've watched recently, I watched a game from uh, 2010, because I'm a cool guy, right? I'm a cool guy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing to do during the day, apart from, you know, submit scripts to things. Um, so I watched a, a Southern game from 2010. I can't remember what it was, but Lee Catmull, you, like, the rate of pace that he has lost is incredible. It must be five, ten yards that he's lost in the, in those what eight years. I remember Steve he, Bruce's first season. He uh, assisted. He done like an amazing cross to Kenman Jones to score a goal. Yeah, it was like he he Lee Cutmore crossed the ball like as, as if he was a winger. It looked pretty impressive. Uh, I haven't seen that for a long time. I remember his goal against West Brom, the pinger from about uh, yeah. thirty yards it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Touched it down, not controlled it, got out of his feet, boom, right the stanchion. That, that one time he did something good. Yeah, that one time he scored for Sunderland. <laughs> Happier days, guys. Happier days. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah, he scored against Spurs when he got to be 5 1. Ah, yeah, Can he put it? us 1 0 up, didn't he? <laughs> 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 he did. <laughs> We're staying up. Oh, no. 5 1. So, James, the rotten core is the term used by the Sun fans. The real problem with Sunderland DFC, though, is. Connor Bromley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adamant. Lives Connor Bromley. Ever since Connor Bromley. <laughs> Put himself under the spotlight. It's got ever, worse. Ever since he, he signed for Rugger Reports, gone downhill. My life has certainly. <laughs> this podcast improved without him. Yeah, that's. Just, well, yeah, you know what I mean. That, that might be the presence of David, though not no, necessarily us. Or Johnny. <laughs> Johnny and the yeah. Hostons done better. Yeah. <laughs> um, five I minutes. Think it's bad that you've got a picture of him on a dartboard in the corner, though. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that. That's not on everyone. <laughs> so, Gav, the real problem with Sun and DFC is Snapchat. Oh, the media team is going at them. Nah. Yeah. I'm not like that, lads. Some guys wrong. But the Snapchat could be done with going in the sea, like. <laughs> yes, grabs was my favourite one. Uh, yes, grabs. My favourite oh, yeah. one was when the um, when they posted the one of the goalkeepers safe hands steal or something. Oh, like that. It was it, it was steal or right though, isn't it? Yeah, one it? of the two. Aye. It was like that someone was taking a shot and he palms it up in the end and Ellie goes in the back of the net. I was like, that's not I really safe this. hand. I'm I'm not on Snapchat, you know. Oh, get on Snapchat, man. mate. Get on Snapchat. <laughs> Disconnect yourself from Sunderland, you'll be happy. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he tries to show so much enthusiasm and it's just like, oh bless you. You tried so hard to make it look good, but it just it's not working. It really isn't. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, did you st- and this isn't actually Snapchat this was just the social media generally did you see the the reaction to them wishing Lee Catmull happy birthday the other day <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like a, it was a it was it was just like oh happy birthday cats or whatever and it was like a video of him I, I think I told him to fuck off like bother me well there was that time when we wished uh, Reese Greenwood a birth- happy birthday when it wasn't his birthday yeah that, that was worse oh. that was worse <laughs> that really was no but I will just stress this again though nice lads how rude yeah. of him though no. If yeah. someone wishes you a happy birthday, just say thank you. Why come out and say it's not my birthday? <laughs> yeah, your tour nearly quit Manchester City over not getting a birthday. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, yeah, yeah. Well, for me, the real problem with Sunderland AFC is that we have no airport. So, ah, Did you see that today? Someone tagged us in it on Twitter. The Echo um, posted an article about how Newcastle Airport's been... It's the best airport in the country or something. Mm. And we got tagged in it. Like, oh. <laughs> got tagged in it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a strange thing. People start <laughs> just the airport, isn't it? <laughs> Good crack. Something to get, something to get raging about the airport situation in I Sunderland. Might, I might write an article about. Do it. Yeah, you should do. Write about how Sunderland don't have an airport. And yeah, when we need one. Yeah. That's yeah. where. That's where the um, the the bid the city of capital of culture thing was lost was we don't have an airport. I think. Yeah, definitely. Well, Coventry do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to start with uh, James on this one. Joel Azoro scored twice on Friday in an impressive performance for Sweden under-21s, prompting more speculation about the future of transfer of the young forward. So, James... Uh, sorry, James. Joel 
Asoro, <laughs> James Asoro, Joel Asoro leaving Sunderland would be expected. <laughs> Not a surprise. Predictable, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you reckon, Dave? Oh, uh, in his best interests, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> what about what yourself, Gav? Sam? Banner. Banner. Yeah. Banner yeah. Because yeah. we eventually find a young player who looks maybe not maybe not in the same category as Pickford, but maybe that rung below who could probably go on to do with it well and we'll get ourselves relegated the league one. Hmm. Um and he's probably gonna leave for like pennies and he'll end up scoring against us in ten years' time like every other player that's ever played the Sunderland has done this season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I think it'll be David Belly on Mark. <laughs> oh David Belly see him again. Ooh, I hope shot. you're right if he does leave I don't want him to do well I'm horrible like that <laughs> <laughs> what happened to John Stead is he still at Bradford no he's playing he was playing last night alongside Shulram Iobi for Notts County oh, oh what a it. partnership <laughs> watching that before I went on stage isn't Kevin Nolan the manager as well <laughs> I think counting. he is, yeah. yeah. That is just wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Chicken dancing <laughs> their way around the people pitch. who flotted the downfall of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> scored in that quarter. Was it a quarter final against uh, Bradford? In the, yeah, in the one of the worst days of my life. Oh, watching yeah. John Stead put us out the FA Cup. There was about nine and a trip to Wembley. There as well, wasn't there? Oh yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think was it was it a quarter? Might have been or, a, or the round before possibly. No, because oh, no, we got I'm... lost in the quarterfinal against Hull. Because didn't they beat yeah. Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. Or they might have beat oh, Chelsea in the quarterfinal. We had a pretty nice route to Wembley and we managed to yeah. ball it up against yeah, a shit yeah. team. Well, we did that Gus Poyer, I'll never forgive him the whole game. We did it with... Well, the, that was Poyer as well, that Bradford. Was, was it with was Bradford, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the whole game because uh, obviously that weak inside against Hull, as we always say, but I remember... Was Oscar Astari saved a penalty in that one? Was yeah, well. he did. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Astari. I've totally forgotten him. God. <laughs> he was a football manager legend at Christ Oscar Astari. He was brilliant. I, uh, I actually thought he was all right. I liked his chant. I was like, da, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Astari. Nacho Scotco as well. He, just... he played that oh, game. Scotco yeah. played that game. Uh, I think. Did Roberge play? Like, all the shit we had. Like, <laughs> he, he, he dropped everybody, didn't he? It's hard to know, isn't it? Like, like whether this happens to every team, that you just have loads of, like, also-rans that people talk about in these kind of situations. But it seems like it's something we've got a real concentration of them. <laughs> like, how do you remember Kyriakos? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we win against Man City and then he came and then fucked it. You know, like, there's just loads and loads of those. Wayne Bridge. Hadji Bar. Yeah, Wayne Bridge. Yeah, Wayne Bridge. Same time as Kyriakos, yeah. But it's weird, that one. Morberg Carlson. Morberg Carlson. Brawl. These were all signed pretty much at the same time, weren't they? Saluska. He was Saluska. He, yeah. he, he was the one who, ate, who had the photo of him with a woolly hat on the bath eating pasta. Yeah, yeah. Remember that one? He hit, the, he hit the bar again. Yeah, yeah. There was a photo of him bollock naked sitting in a bath with a woolly hat on with a bowl of pasta. I remember, the bath. I remember him hitting the bar with like a thunder of a shot against Fulham. I well, start. I've, I've got questions about the, the, the past. <laughs> <laughs> he took that. Why? Why does it exist? Um, was that his signing on photo? Was he holding up a, <laughs> a scarf above his head? I think. It, I think it came before that, and then turned him into a banter figure, didn't it? Aye. Oh, Tim, who wears that woolly hat in the bath? <laughs> and he's passed on to Harry. As if you remember, game we played Kidderminster in the FA Cup. We only beat them one 0 it was just like, we're making Kidderminster look good here. Charis Mavri scored the goal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game. I was yeah. that the one. Greek yeah. David Beckham, as he was described. Yeah. Was he? Yeah, 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 I remember that. Maybe that was just me on Twitter. But Mavri Asker was the Greek was. David Beckham. Mohammedi, El Mohammedi oh, was yeah, the uh, Egyptian, Egyptian David Beckham. Beckham. There you go. So what does that sign the English David Beckham? That would have been nice. So what does that make Callum McManaman? <laughs> Shite. <laughs> <laughs> the English Ahmed El Mohammedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David, uh, so where's where's uh, Joel Azora going to end up? 
Championship, Premier League. Oh, uh, uh, happier in a nicer, bigger house. I imagine that's <laughs> yeah. where I'll end up. Um, I don't know. I think ch- Championship. If I was Championship team, I'd definitely take a risk on Joe Lasora. I think he's shown enough in our absolute toilet of a club. Um, uh, and I just think that. Uh, the if you were to go to a big Premier League team now, you'd end up being loaned back out to a Championship club who aren't going to invest the time in you in the way that if you're owned by the team, are, are they are going to. You're probably not going to um, go up the league in the way that some that, that the big hitters in the Championship tend to have lots of money now, so they tend to buy their star players rather than loan them. So we'll just be loaned out to a similar club in the situation of Sunderland mm. and end up just struggling again in a you know fairly shit team. So if I was him, I would go to a Championship club and actually play some games and commit myself just, to them. Don't know if it's just me. Just screams like Fulham or something, doesn't he? Yeah, like yeah. Sorrel. Yeah, nice yeah, like, uh, yeah, like something like that where he. Fulham good reputation for producing decent players as well mm-hmm. uh, giving young kids a chance in, in an environment that they're allowed to thrive in him and Ryan Sessegnon there, in the team together would be there's quite no way Ryan Sessegnon's playing yeah. for Fulham next season yeah, I guess he'll, he'll, replace he'll, he'll be in a top, top four moment. club yeah yeah, no doubt um, and as I met Joel Zorro scored a brace as well in, uh, in for his, uh, for Sweden as well so that means his value obviously will go I watch, now I watched the game actually I watched the game was it Swedish under 21s or Sweden under 21s, Under 21s. The, the played uh, Turkey away he was man the match by a mile stood out a mile he played off the right for the majority of the game um, <clears throat> the guy up front I think just, Dortmund have just spent an up like something like 12 million on him in the summer I forget the guy's name uh, again a young centre forward signed from the Swedish league to go and play for Dortmund um, he started up front Asura on the right he went off Asura went up front uh, Asura got a goal quite early on but then his last goal, his second goal, sorry, um, was from like a centre forward position right down the middle, through ball, and he just latched onto it and chipped the keeper. And I thought, Sunderland fans are like screaming to see him in that position. Mm. Sick of looking at Ashley Fletcher playing with his back to goal. Oh god! And and Soro, I know it's against an under twenty ones team, but he just stood out a mile to me. I thought he looked really good. Um, took both his goals incredibly well. It'll do his chances of uh, getting himself a move no harm his name was uh, out there again and it's another it's another case of well it was a full weekend of them with the internationals for me like mm. nearly every player who was out on international duty seemed to do quite well yeah well we'll get uh, on to that yeah. now with Jake Clark Salter as well getting man of the match I think against uh, for the England 21s also scoring um, and did, he didn't captain the side did he, 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 did, he did eventually someone went off yeah captain them in the second Ajaria no. played as well apparently uh, Ajaria well. as yeah. well um, so Obviously, they're both on loan, so I imagine chances of them coming back next season for loan probably is quite unrealistic. But um, what do you think? Uh, why do you think that we can't seem to get this quality from these players when they clearly have it about shown in these games, but we can't seem to um, show it in our team? I hate it. I hate watching uh, players that are rubbish for us play really well yeah. for international sides. It's like watching like your ex-girlfriend with a new boyfriend and she's like really happy. You go, oh, <laughs> why didn't I ever... Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, I, I, I think... I mean, obviously, their value will go up. The, the, I'm interested in what you how you feel about Chris Coleman mm. because... The big selling point of Chris Coleman was like he's committed, he understands the region, and but a lot of people have given him quite a big pass because mm. you know everything else is wrong at the club. But if he can't, if these players have that talent and they're not showing it in week in week out for Sunderland, there's something wrong there in terms of motivation mm. or tactics. <clears throat> he's doing something wrong I because mean, other people can get it out of them. I also noticed how 
the goalkeeper makes a lot of errors. So if the goalkeeper got didn't have those errors in him, maybe the defenders wouldn't look as bad because obviously then it's it, a lot of goals it's, have been from Reuters' fault or yeah. steal. Um, but then you look at like what Clark Salter did in the last game where he gets himself stupidly sent off. Oh, I saw that coming a mile away. I think he made like three fouls before he eventually got sent off. I think there's, there's a couple um, of points here. I mean, playing for the England under-21s doesn't hold as much pressure as playing for Sunderland's first team, I don't think. I think there's a problem in terms of setup in Sunderland. I don't know what we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We're not privy to that. But at England under twenty ones, this is St James's Park. Uh, St Saint James's Park, St George's Park. It's going to be professional. It's going to be tailored to them. Um, they've got quality around them. They've got people that understand what they're doing, trying to get the best out of them. Whereas at Sunderland, they're kind of just thrown in there and it's sink mm. sink or swim, isn't I, it? Really, I would like it to slipping on a. Like a comfy pair of slippers or something, isn't it? For like Aye. Clark Salter. Like I, I saw the photos of them training. He, he was like joking around with Tammy Abraham and. Uh, they have known each other for years. Yeah. Through the system at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They'll have played all the way through the England system together. You know, going into a no pressure environment against a poor team, being able to express themselves. I think that's the environment that you want to play at Thriving. Obviously, they can't do that every week. They can't play for England the 21s every week. Mm. They need. Uh, <clears throat> they need to grasp the opportunity that they've got at Sunderland, my opinion, and actually, you know, recognise it. Look, all right, it's bad. You've got six, five, six weeks left of the season. Make the most of it. Go out there, give your all. Don't lose your head. Try and learn from your mistakes. If you can do that, you go back to Chelsea, a better player. Go back to Liverpool, a better player. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what we haven't seen this season is any of that. None of the players that we've loaned, in my opinion, have shone. I think Ajaria. The last couple of weeks has looked a lot better, but he isn't. I don't think he's any world beater. I think it's maybe the wrong team for him. Same goes for Johnny Williams. I think, although he's been injured the whole time, it's hard to judge him. Um, I just think that when you look at us and you look at his his qualities as a player, we don't suit each other, and I don't think that would have ever worked. Well, this is the point, isn't it? I feel for these players <coughs> because they they haven't been brought in in terms of what can they bring to Sunderland or what does Sunderland need. It's been who can Sunderland get. Well, it was. Grayson money. He, he signed. He, he signed a load of players for a system that they couldn't play. Like he shortened the pitch after the Celtic game in pre-season. He did. So we could play long ball football with no strikers over the. I think James Vaughan was our tallest striker at five eleven. Um, right. I thought Graven was taller than Vaughan. You know? No, I don't think. I don't think he was particularly tall, was he? Even still, I think you wouldn't you wouldn't say that you would play long ball football nah. while it was grabbing. But I, I mean, it was purpose. He was he signed players to play long ball football that couldn't play long ball football, you know. And, well, it, and it, 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 that's part of the issue when we talk when you're talking about what's up, what our opinion on Coleman is. I think he inherited the squad just too too many different. I mean, nothing. Nobody was signed with a with a plan in mind. No. Mm. I think if Chris Coleman had been given that summer window, it would have been a different story. But he wasn't. He's walked into the situation he's got. Um, in January, when we were still in trouble, but had a chance to get out of it, he wasn't given a penny. The only player was signed on a permanent basis has been injured, which is Luar Luar, who apparently is fifth. But anyway? I mean, I'm, I'll be I'll. I'll be surprised if we see him start a game between now and the end of the season because it just doesn't seem like he was signed with any plan of mind. He was signed because he was available and he was free. And that's sort of the issue we're facing now is we don't have a team equipped for this battle. Mm. And I mean, and I look at it and I think it's not even a team equipped. Cause I mean, you, can, you can sort of say, you look at the teams at the top end of the league and you can say what momentum can do for you. Mm. And you maybe think with a bit of momentum behind these players, they would have done better. But they wouldn't. 
I don't see where they would be challenging in the league. I don't see what games we've lost this season or drawn this season where <clears throat> where we've deserved to win it and we have, we've just fell short with maybe with a bit of luck. I just I just think we were put together on a shoestring and this was always coming and we just maybe didn't see it early enough. You know? Um there's there's some very God, I'm, so players, I'm so depressed, I'm so depressed. This well, is the saddest I think to to go back to, to I was the, having such a nice day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to the England point as well as I think England under twenty ones they seem to have a clear identity as well. Whereas I'm, well, I'm, not, I'm not sure Sunderland. It's not do. just the under twenty ones, or is it? Right through the system, they're, they're trying to implement. We're actually now. winning things as well. We're, yeah, under seventeens yeah. have won the World Cup. Under nineteens have. Under twenty ones won the Toulon tournament last year. Like we are actually now geared up to win something eventually because our young teams are winning things and they're playing together and they're getting opportunities in big teams you're seeing players like Kane emerge who five years ago was playing for Millwall in the championship not doing particularly well is now got over 100 goals in the Premier League he's by far the best striker in the world and you just think in the next five years we're going to have to try and win something because it's the best crop of players we've had in that sense I know I was talking before saying we'll probably get knocked out I just think eventually mm. when these players get a little bit more experience together there will be a chance to win things and that's it's it's nice to see a national team take something because I think what they did is they recognised what the Germans did didn't they the yeah. Germans the Germans failed so spectacularly over many years that they ripped up the whole plan and started again that's what when you mentioned St George's Park we're starting to see to bring it back to Sunderland though I think given the performances of Asoro, Clark, Salter and Ajaria I think fans are going to be a lot less forgiven now because they've seen all from a lot of fans' perception these players can do it if they're asked or they're interested. That's how it's going to look for me, anyway. To many people, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, also, um, Paul's got another player I'm going to cover here, Brian Oviedo, uh, one of our better players. Um, he's obviously getting on a little bit, so I guess, can we keep him? No, I think he's worth no. something. No? <laughs> I yeah. think anyone who's worth something will go. Same, and he's he's got a South American name, so he's instantly worth money. Yeah. Isn't he? Cool dude. He was called yeah. Brian, Brian Jenkins know, or something like that. Something like I. He wouldn't be worth anything, yeah, really. Brian Jenkins. Brian Jenkins. <laughs> South American wizard. Brian <laughs> From Jenkins. Pennywell. No, yeah, he's he's not a. I wouldn't say he was a top player, but he's certainly going to find a club, isn't he? He's he, not he got a, a nice assist for Costa Rica as well in the international break. Yeah, against Scotland. Yeah, yeah. It's still a nice assist though. <laughs> like how any goal against Scotland just downgrades it. So when you watch Oviedo play, I mean, does he look like one of those players where some of them will say, look like they just can't be asked to play? Does he look, does he have that sort of, uh, does his body language suggest he's not interested or is he one of those who tries? Um, yeah, I think he does try. I mean, he scored that goal against Millwall, which was a, which was a peach. I think he does try, but I think it's, we'll concentrate a lot on players' body languages when, when, things aren't going very well and I think it's very hard f- to look motivated and and to look like you care all of the time when Sunderland is so bad all of the time so he probably doesn't look arsed at times and his body language probably isn't the best at times but I think for the most part he is mm-hmm. I, th- yeah. I think for the most part he, he does care um, and so what about uh, these players who are always injured I mean uh, what do you think David would you say that uh like with Johnny Williams and Tyce Browning, should we just let them go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, they're, possible. Yeah, they're, they're going to play what two, three games. Browning's, Browning's, Browning's gone out anyway. for the season, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's gone back to Everton now. Has he? 
Yeah, yeah, he's gone back. All right, because I thought I thought the suggestion treated. I thought the suggestion was he was staying at Sunderland through his injury. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he'd well, gone back. Oh, this is Alvarez all over again, a, guys. I hope he has. <laughs> well, he, he might still be at the club officially, but I'm sure he'd gone back to Everton to get Everton to get he treatment just, or assessed or something. Do you know when they talk about like lo- some loan deals being really bad for players? Yeah, that's. <laughs> he's regressed so much. He looked like one of the best players in the team at the start of the season to like. Uh, well, what he, before he got injured, absolutely horrific. Yeah. Toe punting the ball with his left foot out of play every time he come near him. He, he looked strong, comfortable on the ball when he first came in, didn't he? I think Sunderland's probably digressed him, like, is that a word? <laughs> digressed? I, I, I worry about Sunderland's reputation in and amongst football, personally, because we get a reputation for ruining decent prospects. Oh, I hope so, because <laughs> I'm sick of us loaning players. Yeah, um. yeah. But, but in, in the past, we've, we've had a reputation of, you know, a Danny Welbeck can go there, or Johnny Evans can go there, and they can, yeah, that yeah. can you be used as a springboard for their career. Now, that's that's got up in smoke. Sunderland is not a good environment to bloody youngsters. I'd love to test it, though, like Kylian Mbappe comes in, and then <laughs> two years later, he's turning out for Dagenham and Redbridge. <laughs> Never send a player to Sunderland, lads, <laughs> yeah. they'll lose their pace and their mind. It think, doesn't it? Like, how many players' careers have we ruined? <laughs> there's, there's, there's got to be a canny long list at least in the last five years. Like it inadvertently as well, like Diaby's, like he got snapped at Sunderland was never. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's oh, he, he he's got a Dan Smith voodoo doll, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticks pins into it every yep, day. Drowns it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, we've we've got we've got. Hang on, I missed that. Oh, do you not remember that? Dan, no? Dan Smith was an academy. Oh, oh yes, came I remember. On for his, came on as a sub under yeah. like Kevin in, in his Ball, debut, wasn't it? And Wenger said he should never play football again. It's yeah. a little bit of an overreaction. Abu Dhabi was never. I think he blamed. I think he blamed Kevin Ball for that, didn't he? As well, for maybe. Did he? There was. Yeah. I fancy Kevin Ball's chances against Arsene Wenger. Like, <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah. But Diaby, I don't think has a club anymore. I was actually somehow I'm, I'm like you. I don't have anything to do. <laughs> um, so I stumbled across Diaby's uh, Wikipedia page the other day and he's not got a club unsurprisingly mm-hmm. but there's a mean? player who was so highly rated as a Crazy. youngster Sunderland ruined his career and he doesn't even, didn't even play for us yeah <laughs> he, and in fact should have come full circle and he should have ended up playing yeah, for us yeah you should join yeah. we've should touched so him. many lives haven't we <laughs> <laughs> this is like if it was Sunderland in um, It's a Wonderful Life Clarence would just come down and go uh, yeah yeah jump yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> a great film so um, we'll go on to some Twitter questions um Gav, uh, Jack, Jake's asking the question. Jake Hansen's asking uh, now. Jason Steele's suspension's been lifted. Uh, do we put him back in the sticks or persist with Lee Camp? That's just like, what do you want? AIDS or chlamydia? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I take chlamydia in that situation. I think. Um, <laughs> so, hang on. Which one's AIDS? Another <laughs> Steele. We've, we've, definitely. Steele is AIDS. Right, we've rated wow. this a couple of times. We did it on Rogue Report TV, and I think. I think Steel was AIDS. Like I think, <laughs> I think Reuter was gonna be, and I think Campbell's program title. Be. There's a show title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the episode. I don't know. I'm. You read the whole squad and diseases, though, couldn't you? Like, I mean, Lee Catamull's like a heart bypass. <laughs> <laughs> Is it worth just giving Max Strijak a chance now? Well, no, because no. I think <laughs> he's not very good. No, no, I, 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 I championed that for a little bit, but I just think it's too late now. I saw- just literally just. We're paying camps wages for the rest of the season. Just play him. He's quite clearly. The I last I last saw Strijek against Newcastle under twenty threes, and he was shocking a couple of times. But the one thing he had about him was a bit of presence, and he managed to save. He's quite big, and he's quite. Yeah, big. he had a bit of presence, and he commanded his area. But if he, yeah, you don't know if he can bring that up into the championship or not. Because he's so in, stereotypically in theory, Polish as well. In theory, Ryder should command his area well, but he he doesn't. He just flaps around. Well, he, he, I was I was thinking about him the other day. I was thinking how long's he got left before he's. Uh, 
finger decided it's healed. Oh, that was nasty, that though. Uh, aye, it was, it was only the start of uh, February and all, but I was just thinking maybe we could get him back before the end of the season. I don't know. But you would like <laughs> Out of the lot of them, he's the one who looks like a championship goalkeeper. Do you think? Oh, he looks well, like I've watched a lot of championship yeah. football this season. I don't think there's any good goalkeepers. I think I think he is probably about there. Nice. Because do you not remember the Millwall game when he threw two in? Yeah, three I yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> well, the kid in goal for Millwall is like getting rave reviews now, and yeah, it's like, yeah. what's he called again? Oh, God. David Fredder. No, I'm making that up. <laughs> I think you're making it up, yeah. Um, there's, no. Uh, there's, there's no good goalkeepers in this league. They're all poor. That's a good point, actually, because um, I can't think of a good one off the top of my head. Like usually, Stockdale won keeper of the year last year, but he's playing for Birmingham, who are like probably going to go down with us. Yeah. Hmm. So. I don't know. I don't think there are any good goalkeepers in this league. Manonia, maybe, since we know what he's about. Yeah. But even then, Redden are struggling, aren't they? We probably should have kept Manonia looking back. Oh, oh, it's yeah, a bit yeah, like yeah, the Rodwell well, thing, well, this. That now, he's like, worth yeah. the money. You know, he's worth two million quid. Yeah, he's so got a <laughs> two million quid. Fine, well, uh, but, uh, Martin Bain called it efficient, didn't he? Well, it was an efficient piece of business. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so efficient when you bring Jason Staden on a free. It was half a million quid. Oh yeah, half a million. I wish he was free. Christ. I don't. The thing. That, the, the, <laughs> I the, wish he'd been rated about ten million. So would the, nah, the fact that we paid money for him makes it even worse. <laughs> well, he's like quarter of the budget. <laughs> well, like I said before, he's, he's here for at least another three years. I think, isn't he? No, he's not, is he? Yeah, he, oh, I think he got a four-year deal. He's fallen a long way since being named in the GB Olympic squad for. Stuart Pierce was the manager, though. I'm going to be thirty-three Pierce. when we finally get rid of Jason Steele. <laughs> so terrifying. A couple of people yeah. said that it was about Steele being in the GB squad. And I always go back to that. Like, P.S. was the manager and he gave Fraser Campbell an England cap as well. Yeah, he did. He so did. let's not get too carried away yeah. with that. Like, uh, um, My friend Becca, she's got a question. She's a Chelsea fan, so, like, you know, her her opinion of, like, a team struggling is a little bit different to ours. Well, but, her yeah. opinion on football doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she says, uh, would we rather have Morata Giroud or start a false nine? And in a false nine? Yeah. Or in a false nine. Starting a false nine. Is that a Chelsea question? Yeah, didn't yeah. I? I forgot they all play for Chelsea. I mean, I'd rather have Morata in the side over Giroud any day. Can, I'll have any of them. I'll have, I'll have yeah. Morata's left leg. I'll have Tammy Abraham. <laughs> he's, better he's, than, he's out on Better than anything we've got. Tammy Abraham's a good one, like, yeah. He would be good. He would have been good for us. Yeah. yeah. Just, shame got just anyone. Ashley Fletcher. I, I hate just Chelsea, think, you know. Ashley Fletcher makes me so sad. <clears throat> just the way that he walks around, it's like. Mm. You don't have to do this, mate. I wonder if he's being sort of blackmailed. <laughs> yeah, someone's got his mother up against the ball. Literally on deadline day, it was like a knife in the back. You will go yeah, to Sunderland. <laughs> no! <laughs> I actually found myself with a bit of spare time on my hands the other day and I was looking through Ashley Fletcher's Twitter and he's tweeted all throughout his career when he was at West Ham, when he was at Borough, come to Sunderland. It's just stopped. He's clearly just lost all enthusiasm for everything. He doesn't even tweet anymore. After every game, the modern was, day football, well done, lads, well done, lads. Comes to Sunderland, nothing. How do you judge a modern day football? Ball as a mentality, you Twitter. check his Twitter and see <laughs> yeah. his Instagram. So, yeah, um, well, what do you what do you reckon? You, I mean, you said you don't like Chelsea, tell me why, Jim. I don't like Chelsea because of well, I don't like Chelsea because I went to uni and my best mate was a Chelsea fan, and his reason for supporting Chelsea was that they won the league essentially, and he was from Redden, which. Joe, if you're listening, this is a stupid reason to support Chelsea. I a wouldn't lot of support them, Redden, though, would you? A lot of them, but I, if I was from Redden, I. no, it's just a just a, it's just like a massive a, industrial estate. You'd still support your team, though. Would um, would you have sacked Yapstam? If the you were, manager, if yeah. you were, yeah. I would have sacked him months ago. I think. No, no, when he was playing centre half for Man United, no. would you just sack <laughs> <laughs> just from? Can, you, be, can you, know? you imagine being the man who told him he's, yeah, we don't need you anymore, mate. Yeah, <laughs> he was kind of nasty, wasn't he? Oh. But he. And being serious, I, I, we had a bit crap about this the other day in our, in our group chat, and I said, like, 
why have they left it this late? The writing was on the wall with Redden months ago, and there yeah, were, it was. there's been loads of. Spe- I think they've their chairman's been building up the courage to tell them they don't want them anymore. <laughs> it's took this long. It's took this long, and they finally went right. Well, we're literally, we're, we're going to have to see them off. Yeah, like the fans are Yapstam starting. was somebody that a couple of the writers in the broker report fancied in the summer as well. Well, he, he was quite highly rated. Did the, incredibly well. Got there were two one penalty kicks. Were, was it one penalty kick? Yeah, away from off, the, off the Premier, Premier League. league. With a, and it, I guess it shows how, um, how what's the word I'm looking for it's momentum in football no like the, the team just weren't very good but they managed to over exceed expectations over what I'm looking for One, their their best player went to Huddersfield he sat on the bench all season mm. most famous for getting his wang out on telly remember that uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh was that his how did you know um, <laughs> looks like Yapstar yeah <laughs> but he, uh, him leaving has kind of been the catalyst for them and, right. and buying a playoff Sunderland yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's it. We're ruining, ruining players' so many. Uh, <laughs> um, and also a very important question here: um, prawn spirals or salt and vinegar spirals? Salt and vinegar spirals. I like the prawn ones. Prawn crackers for me. Mm. Like. What? Are we talking about crisps? <laughs> yes, we are. Is this what it's come to? <laughs> <laughs> it's international break. If anything yeah. goes, man. Who, uh, who asked that about in Kess? And I'm not even going to say any name. Hannah Brown, uh, Becky Gibson. Oh, well, no. different person. <laughs> um... Prawn has to be then. Has to be prawn, yes. What? I'm sitting in a room full of heathens. <laughs> Salt and vinegar crisps burn the inside of your mouth. Yeah, they're not nice. And burn your tongue and stuff. Like you wake up in the morning, you can't taste your. You can't drink a cup of coffee because you've had something like that. That's that's the problem. Does anyone else have had that problem? We've also been asked where you've eaten so many crisps. No, no, just the salt and vinegar crisps. Like burn your teeth. Oh yeah, I've heard that before. Mm. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, I've had that problem. Yeah, we've also had a question: Is why are we not uh, out drinking Guinness rather than doing the podcast? Because Quinny's not coming anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh well. So we did invite him in, but he said no. (laughs) He's distanced himself from the podcast. From the Rope podcast. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I'm really disappointed in you, Quinny. You should have you should have been on the podcast with us today. Oh, I can't believe you didn't reply to the text message. Yeah, yeah. Really me he's a he's one you know like been difficult to get a hold of over the years. We've tried to get him for the site a few times for an interview. He just he doesn't want to talk about Sunderland. I think he's. I don't blame him, neither do I. <laughs> neither. I'm sick of it. I mean, he's he's obviously like knows a lot and probably doesn't want to answer many questions like. Mm. Hopefully he doesn't want to do anything like that because he's still got the fingers in the pies and he's he's not letting anything. He's keeping his cl- cards close to his chest. This it's so sad to see you concoct some hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's because he is coming back. That's why this he doesn't morning, want anything to do with the club or talk about this it. This morning was the first time I'd felt anything about Sunderland in fucking weeks. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. Honestly, I actually tweeted that. I said this is the most buzzing I've been yeah, about Sunderland in months. Like I haven't in felt ages. I haven't felt anger. I haven't felt sadness, disappointment, happiness. But this morning I was until I entered this room. <laughs> I, <laughs> Nat, Nat Quinn's disco pants was on. I was fucking. I had it on last night, like two o'clock in the morning, like. YouTube <laughs> and then I woke up and reality hit right. um, Keith Dowdy tweeted yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was James Hunter as well wasn't it yeah James Hunter uh, yeah. yeah James Tennant he had the unfortunate like responsibility of being the bearer of bad news and just he got did. hammered for it basically yeah. I don't know if he got hammered though we, we well, tweeted I, know, like, well, I just need to find this tweet that we put out last night uh, it wasn't that one yeah I'll live in the real world when I wake up, but for the next hour or so, the future's paved with Irish gold. <laughs> and that was last night. It's quite poetic, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then, right now, we're back to square one. And I'm still shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, at least at least we know he's not coming anymore. Yeah. Imagine what? if that had drawn out for a few weeks. Then he would have really... I know, but I might have been happy for a few weeks. Yeah, you might have felt <laughs> something. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. At least, at least, let it carry on past the the game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if everybody was like going to the game on Friday night? Like, oh, I mean, he's coming away. And if you think about it it's as well, the there's only really for me like. James Allen who founded the club who's been more influential in his history than Quinn you could argue for, for Bob Murray and Tom Cowie but Quinn is definitely up there like to have him back involved would have been massive yeah yeah, it would have been crackers but and, it, and in terms of like the, the historical parallels as well James Allen played for Sunderland after founding it and Quinny's kind of the only player with that sort of influence ah, it's a good point that so to have him back involved would have been like magical but Magic carpet ride too, but it's not going to happen, is it? He spent enough time at Sunderland to know not to bother coming back by the sounds of it. Yeah, but he's he doesn't want to get back involved since he left in day to day life of football. You don't blame him if that's the case, do you? Right, and Can you imagine being that, that man with that responsibility? I mean, you, you, you've got to credit him, and I mean, he'll always be a hero in my eyes, but you have to be a little bit fucked in the head. And like. Sunderland's not even like day to day responsibility, like, we're such a catastrophic club that it's like hour to hour like man management it's going to need well imagine the heat he took off situations just for being Niall yeah. Quinn like yeah. you know what I mean like just because of who he was people viewed him so another Mars alright oh, right, yeah the, the listeners can I was going to say readers uh, the listeners can hear as expected I'm looking at the celebrations and there's only bounties and snickers on the table you were late, as, mate, that's what, <laughs> the worst ones so, you've been yes. in earlier you would have got a Malteser yeah uh, there was only one Malteser I believe because I was a uh, I was scouring the packet for them. We set that up to as a allegory for the last transfer window. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like you know, it's like Sunderland. They're disappointment. And, you know, Snickers bounties. That's all that's left, isn't it? We are the bounty yeah. of the bounty yeah. of the football. If anybody's leaders. ever in the uh, Sunderland Uni yeah. recording studios, we haven't yeah, for you. we haven't had any sweets sent for a while. Like, so if somebody wants to volunteer, yeah, yeah, that, that, I, had, I had to pay out my own pocket for sweets tonight. It's a disgrace. Disgrace. <laughs> Fucking disgrace. Yeah, so bad, bad listeners, and you need to pull your fingers out. So if anybody wants to buy our sweets for the next month, you will get a sponsor of the show. Go on. Um, and we'll say nice things about you as and well. We'll even put photos on Twitter and stuff. This uh, is a flawed marketing strategy, guys. <laughs> just straight off the no, bat. No, we, we, we actually said we're easily bought. Yeah, right. okay. uh, very easily. And two listeners uh, sent us sweets in, so they they cut us for maybe a month or so. And we get burgers as well from Church Lane, which is marvellous because they are. Yeah, I mean, the burgers from Church Lane are fantastic. They are absolutely yeah, superb. Like, went, I'm not even just saying it. I went Friday been. after yes. driving around Sunland Town Centre for an hour trying to find a parking space, then got to one, then realised I had no change, had to put, set up. Um, like a payment thing on me phone Oof. so I could pay for parking off me phone eventually got to it walked 10 minutes to church lane that had no tables oh. so I had to sit at the bar and enjoy me burger but it was nice it was worth the worth the hassle so if anybody uh, fancies popping a church lane I advise you get them at row right. because yeah. parking in Sunderland's a bit of a bastard nowadays isn't it there's no free parking uh, just like the just like the club, it's disappointing. Fills us with anger. Because even around like the Ivy really House, you used to be able to like free parking, but now they're putting permits. Bastards. Yeah. Cap- uh, capitalism. This capitalist is bastards. <laughs> this is what the pods. Oh, Viva Jamie Corbyn. We're talking about parking in Sun City Centre. It's like and sweets and it? crisps and all kinds of things. Like you know, not related to Sun, but it's more enjoyable, I guess. The best podcast we've done in ages. <laughs> <laughs> but um, not talking about football. I'm going to be the James Hunter of all this and bring it back to reality. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to just talk a little bit about Derby. Obviously, we're playing on Friday. National breaks over. Uh, good or bad, depending on how you look at that, I guess. But um, we currently sit five points adrift of safety, as if you didn't already know, uh, with Burton, Birmingham, Barnsley immediately above us. A win can pull us two points uh, closer to 21st placed Barnsley, a pair of Bristol City. <laughs> yeah, that's how far we've fallen. <laughs> and, um, well, big Mick, Mick McCarthy, do, do something for us against Fripps, which against Birmingham at the weekend, that would benefit us. 
quite well. Um, so if the results do go our way, a miracle escape could still be happening. But uh, another must-win game for us against Derby on Saturday. So the question is, uh, do we come away with Pride Park with all three points? Do we, can we do it? <laughs> no, definitely not. Obviously not. <laughs> We're on Sky. Come on. <laughs> we've got um, we've got eight games left. Yeah. And the average is forty-nine points, isn't it? I don't, think, I don't think the average is going to count for much this year. Didn't Blackburn go down with over 50 points that season? Yeah, yeah. and it's, yeah. it's not looking like any of the teams down there are going to get anywhere near that. So I think, yeah, so maybe, what, 46, 40, yeah. Well, wasn't might, wasn't the assumption we would have to win maybe four or five games? Yeah, I think. So what are we on now, if, did you say? I think it's out for the next eight. I reckon you've got to be like maybe 40, 41, 42. Do you, yeah. th- do you think so? Mm-hmm. I reckon that would be... Really the, team, the teams are that bad around us. Like how many times? We haven't won in 10, have we? Uh, I think it's a, yeah, ten or yeah. So we haven't won in ten games, and we're still so only five, five points. points. Yeah, yeah. And we were already in the relegation zone <laughs> before those ten games. Mm-hmm. So we haven't actually. There's no gaps starting to form because the teams above us are shit. And it's. It. I think we we posted an interview on the site today with their. Yeah, that would be my phone. Uh, we posted <laughs> we posted an interview on the site today with uh, Gary Hours. There's a good two part interview on the site. I advise everyone read it. It's really good. Um, and around the second part, of Gary spoke about the current situation at the club, and um, he actually said, you know, you shouldn't give up when you've only got that gap. He says in the championship, you've got you could have three games in a week, and you get a good little run in there, and then you're back in it. And he's right. He is right. I mean, I think we're all pretty much resigned to going down. I just think. Anybody who's watched us this season doesn't would would know that this team isn't capable of that kind of turnaround. Um, but imagine beating Derby on the telly on Friday night. It's gonna it could change everything. But we've been saying that for weeks. Every like every game that comes up, oh, we we'll win. It could change everything. It feels like it's come full circle, but it has in a way because we played Derby first home game of the season, first game of the season. That was on Sky, and we were the best team. We were the best team. I wrote a piece saying, you know, this championships mint. Even though we drew, I was like, the championships mint. The ground was, you know, semi full. Everyone had a good feeling. I could see where the team were going, and then just dropped off a cliff. So it wouldn't surprise me if they give me that initial hope again. Maybe a, a hard fought draw or a comeback or a win, and then we'll just go down with a winner. That's that's because <laughs> they, they always offer you a little grain of hope. So well, there will be there will come a little grain of hope, and we'll all get very fucking excited, and then we'll go down. I've always had this um, with someone where, like, even for the last few seasons, where like we win a game, and then the next game looks winnable. And mm. I feel like when Sunderland are almost like considered favourites, they just don't show up. And it's like when yeah. with the underdogs, when we perform better. But I mean. I don't know the championship. Like I guess on paper, Derby are probably not as. Like, we're not much different to Derby in terms of on paper, but um, obviously their position in the league suggests otherwise. Um, aren't they struggling a little bit at the minute? Like they're drawing too many games, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. so. They're, uh, they were they were right up there, and then they've they, always bottled it when it comes. I think to the, the form since Christmas or January has been terrible. Well, they've always been like that. They had the seasons under McLaren where they had real quality. They should have gone up. They had like Jesse Lingard and that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good side, yeah. And uh, they've never they've never managed to kick on. They always seem to crumble a bit. I mean, maybe that bodes well for us, I don't know. But... It does, really does make a difference, I don't think. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't have enough about us. I, I, I'm As much as I would like to think that we could win on Friday, and it, if we do win, we'll all be thinking about, it. ooh, maybe we could stay up. <laughs> but it's... It just I don't I have not seen enough from this team to suggest that they're capable of it. No, and the only the only thing that might spark us in their life is the fact they've had a couple of like a canny break away from each other. Mm-hmm. And Coleman did say that he did say that didn't he? Each other he said they need, I think they just need a break away from each other and the 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 ones who weren't on international duty were given some time off. Well, he he gave them he gave them a bit off, didn't he? And Coney, I got a bit of stick for that. I wrote an article about it on the site. 
cool saying like how it was bad form basically I thought it was yeah, shit he posted a picture of himself on the beach didn't he yeah but, do you uh, think that's shit is it just me who thinks that's shit I think, it's um, I think it's the um, same as Julian Lascott posting a picture of his yeah. car roster after the yeah. loss, you know. Well, I got I got pelters for that, for writing that article. Loads of people like, it's up to him what he does with his spare time, what you expect him to do, this, and then I think, it's not the point. It's like, the club's at such a low, the fans don't want to see you're on a beach. They, wanna, they, yeah, they, do, they don't want to know about you. you just keep, like, it's it's bragging, isn't it? Well, it, it is bragging. Like, I understand both points of view. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have, like Personally, I wouldn't have written the article about it because... But I was self-serving. I was a bit, I was a bit annoyed, but at the at the end of the day, it's like you know, it's his time. Well, for me, it's like Ho- it's footballers like, have holidays. We would got, go on holiday if yeah, we had that money. You know true. what I mean? Yeah, but so I'd uh, see both sides. I just think I just think it was bad timing on on his part, and maybe a lack of understanding for the situation, the fans. It, it um, is it is a lack of like, understanding, but nobody gives a fuck if you win. But that's the point. We're not with all our Facebook and when like people. Every every photo on Facebook seems it's pretty much self-indulgent in it. It's like people are like oh the kids the kids look really cute. He has a video of me kids looking cute. Or, uh, you know, this this is me in a nice restaurant. He has me food. Like that's why people do it. It's to brag. It's to show off a little bit. Why else would you put a photo on your Instagram if you're on holiday during this? I just think it's a bad. I just think it's bad. I don't know. Maybe maybe I did take it a bit too far, but I just think that it just shows how out of touch he is, really, and shows that footballers live in a little bubble where the, he probably hasn't seen a Sunderland fan outside the stadium of light mm. ever. Like, do you reckon he gets approached in the street, or he, he probably lives nowhere near Sunderland? You know what I mean? I yeah. just think, I just think they're they're in this bubble where their actions they don't see the consequences unless they're on the pitch on a Saturday when the fans are around them. They can't escape the the situation. It's sort of like that for me. Doesn't really care. Oh, I'm going on holiday. Look at me. I'm on a beach. I just think it's shit. That's again a thing about what I was excited about when uh, Coleman came in. Is that he he said, "Oh, I'm moving my family up. I understand the area," and he thought he might maybe be able to instill a little bit of that feeling in the players but it's it's just a lack of empathy you know it's a lack of empathy that's what he has doesn't yeah, understand that we are hurting and have been for like a really long time guys when were you last happy it's, it's a lack of empathy um, but last night last night when I thought Niall Quinn was coming it's a lack of empathy but they're also these Sorry. footballers you've got to understand as well they're a product of their environment you know they're, they're nurtured from a young age in a certain system and they get so much so young that that's just what they're like and to like, you know, it, 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 I completely agree with Gav. It's highly annoying, especially from my point of view, a, a working class lad from Hendon. But you're from Wales. Whose mum's well, no, I support Wales. I'm Welsh, but I'm from Hendon. Um, for a working class lad from Hendon whose mother didn't really have much in trade to be a nurse and stuff, it is really annoying. But you've got to understand that they're a product of their environment and. That's just what they are. And there's no change in them, really. I don't. I don't. I, I do get a little bit annoyed about it, but I don't get. I stopped getting annoyed about that a long time ago because you can't change it. For me, I just think it was just, just let them get on with it. For me, it was just a reminder, like we're going to be rid of these bastards eventually. Aye. It's a reminder that they don't care, no doubt about it. And I, I can't wait till the day they're all gone, and we're literally just looking at it. And I can and I can turn I up to on be a Saturday by people who are of the of the same ilk. Yeah. No, but I I think I think when you're talking about like Coney. Uh, this international break, Ivory Coast had a game. He's actually been left out of the squad. He was starting up until recently. The reason he's been left out of the squad is because he's playing so poor. He's playing the poor team. Mm-hmm. Like it should be a reality check for a person like that. You've lost your place, and you you, you were you were playing in the heart of the defence of your country, and you and you've been left out of the squad because you're not playing well. For me, I don't know. I, I, I've read stories of like players like who really had like. You'll have all read them, like autobiographies of footballers who like had fight tooth and nail to become a professional footballer, mm-hmm. and they really didn't take their careers for granted because they couldn't because they had to start from the bottom. Players like Jamie Vardy, like you know, 
he's not a flash bloke. Came from the bottom. And I just think these these players like the, like you say, they're in a bubble and they they, they they don't understand what normal people feel like. Sometimes does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, it does, and they, they have to they have to be told or make the effort. And I think Kone is one of those that he just doesn't, does he? So is that the problems the academy system the way that? Uh, I don't think our academy players are like that. No, I think, I think our, they're very our, grounded our lads. To be honest, our academy players are very grounded. But I think there is a, there is a wider problem at football is that they are given too much to you. I mean, you've got you've got Chelsea's academy players. Some of them will be on as much as Jason Steele, fifteen grand a week. And we've like. got players like um, Lingard is on hundred grand a week now, and he's like what twenty. And he like, won't. He won't. I don't think he's played hundred Premier League games yet. You know. Crazy in it. It's it's mad. So I mean, it's it's like it's, it's a getting wider, very dar this conversation. It, it's, a, it's a wider societal <laughs> problem, really. It's a political problem, but I don't know how it how it's solved. Personally, if we started booting off about everything like that, would would ne- would never stop booting off all day. You know what I mean? The, I was wondering about like us in the whole like staying up, and obviously if we got relegated, then you know then that's like probably what we expect. But if we did like stay up, I mean, really, would things change very much next season? It's like every time we say in the Premier League, we're like, oh, next season we'll push on. We never do. So I don't know, like if even if we stayed up, would it just be like more of the same? Um, I don't know about that. Right. I think I don't think there's a big difference between League One and the Championship. Okay. A lot of, there's not a lot of skill in the teams. Like you look at Cardiff, could uh, probably going to get promoted. They're just full of grafters mm. and the player of their strengths. Like all that's all I want to see at Sunderland. I'm not bothered about pretty football. We, we had that under Poirier for a while. I'm not bothered about having, you know, a good squad for the Championship. Which, to be honest, at the start of the season we did have. You know, mm. you would look at our team and we thought, not a bad team for a championship mm. squad. It makes no difference if what to all of us all Sunderland means is is it's a it's an institution of the area and it's it's you, you want to see the players on the pitch put the effort in that you would give if you were playing for Sunderland. That's all you want to see. And come the end of the season, a lot of these players will be gone because of the, they're out of contract, the loans have ended, and that's to be a real change in like the way things work at Sunderland. It's not a case of it's not a case of going out there and signing Aidan McGeady because he's a name or Callum McManaman who's a bit of a name like got to man the match in the FA Cup final five years ago or whatever like it's not about doing that anymore it's about looking at it and going we need a bit of pace and strength out wide who's playing in League 1 and League 2 who could uh, needs to be better our force, team and would, as well. and would see a move to Sunderland as a massive step up in their career and a chance to prove themselves who would do that because that's what we've got to start doing it's not about it's not about giving players who've been at a better level than, than Sunderland a chance to play first-team football because they don't see Sunderland for what we say it as. They see it as a, oh, well, I'm at Sunderland now, I've got someone... You know what I mean? We, we've done that too often for years now and the culmination of it is we're about to start playing League One football because of bad recruitment and not signing the right type of players. And that, that, for me, is number one priority in the summer is looking at what we need, what do we need in each position. Is Does that player play in League One? Doesn't matter. Does he see Sunderland as a massive opportunity? Does he have the does he have the mentality to cope with it? I just don't think the mentality's been right since Kane left, personally. I think it's been downhill since then. I think in terms of professionalism, in terms of players not coming and taking the piss, I think it's it was just never right after Kane left. Because you, you hear the stories of, you know, and of Jim Bonder and That was his that was under his rule though, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean that exactly. And he didn't stand for it and he sold him. Do you know what I mean? And and the the players um Famously forgetting to turn up for the bus to Barnsley and them following in behind in the car and Kane, Danny Collins said 
King turned around and said, get a message to them following behind, tell them to go home. We don't want them. We don't want them in the squad if they're going to be late. We need that. We need that sort of professionalism. People might think it's harsh and it might put some players off coming to Sunderland if they think the regime's like that, but if they're put off by that sort of professionalism, do they want at the club anyway? Very yeah. true. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I was going to ask the same for you. Uh, what, do you what do you reckon? Do you think uh, it would be the similar sort of situation next season, or do you think if we did somehow stay up, we could um, look at actually being in that mid-table position that, we're ex- that we expected? I really like that now we've fallen so far that mid-table championship <laughs> football is like the dreamland <laughs> that we could possibly attain. Oh, could you imagine being 12th in the championship? Yeah. Oh, do you remember when I was young and we were 12th in the championship? The, I, I think... I think it, nothing's going to change until the owner goes. So it doesn't matter what league we're in next year. The financial situation is what it is. We're not going to have any money in the summer. Um, we, we, you know, So it doesn't matter if we get relegated or promoted. Unless someone comes in and buys Sunderland, we're, it's going to be exactly the same. It's going to be closed up a section. It's going to be no one there in the ground. It's going to be disappointing signings. It's, it's just going to be really drab until he goes. And with the finances as they are, that could be another couple of years. I mean, it could be until Rodwell's out of contract. It but, could be but until Quinny, but Niall, but Quinny, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just think it's. I think that's the that's the main problem. That's the main issue with the club is is Ellis Short. Until we can get that sorted, it doesn't it doesn't matter about who you sign from the lower leagues. Whether they're you know whether they're hardworking, whether they've got big egos, whether they've um, you know a prima donnas. It's 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 the base level rotten core of the club is Ellis Short and Martin Bain mm. just inescapable or like um, I mean I, I always go back to Margaret Byrne as being one of the reasons why we're in this situation yeah, yeah. because I feel like she um, is, she gets she done a lot of things well I think this was her first job as uh, in that role Yeah. so you know, lack of experience there and then like I think the whole obviously Johnson situation was she the one who like knew about it uh huh um, he who must not be named. Yes, yes. Is that a gun swear box? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I just I feel like Martin Bain obviously hasn't been great for us, but I feel like he he walked into the same similar situation with less Chris Coleman, where it's like, well, you can't really do much about it. Mm. Um, I think you've got to you've got to question the morality of a man who can dish out redundancies when he's on so much money himself, and he has proved himself to be incompetent. Yeah, he's had his hands tied, and. He hasn't got the best budget to deal with Martin Bain, but he still sold Manone for two million and brought in Jason Steele. Back to back relegations, looking at that, that, that was his yeah. call. He, he's, you know, you can in no way absolve him of blame by saying, "Oh, he's just shorts. He's shorts, man. Eyes a hatchet, man." And just because that's his job title and that's his role doesn't mean it's right for me. I'm, I'm feeling flawed right now. Like we need to pick ourselves up before we finish this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, one more. Have a chocolate, thing. Gav. Yeah, yeah. One, one more quick uh, <laughs> nah, negative thing. Uh, we'll do one more negative and then we'll move on. But uh, just uh, score predictions. I think we'll lose 2 0. I'm not mm. confident, like. I'm going to go 1 0 Sunderland. Okay. Oh, look at you. Curtis Davis or something like that? Or? No, I'm going to go um, Joel Sorrow to continue his good form and then get injured in the next game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm feeling a, a defeat, like. But I'm going to say we're going to win because why not? I'll I didn't think it. I'd be talking about Niall Quinn to come Johnny? back to the club today. So I'm going to go for a two-nil defeat. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think I'm at work that day and I work in a bar, so that's going to be great because it's on the TV and we'll, you know I get to watch the game. So that'll be exciting. Uh, David, um, mm-hmm. do you do improvisation? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but not. I mean, not 
Um, not now. Not. <laughs> is your question, do I want to improvise? I was going to ask you, no, just uh, no, bring, the, bring the mood up a little bit, would you? Any little jokes that you What do you watch? want? All right. Um, God, I'm so depressed. Uh, I, I don't really have any anything in the... What What do you want me to improvise around? I'll try and make it funny. Um, can you do football? Oh, God. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Do, do, do a little bit of your show. Give the listeners a, a sneak peek. I'll tell you a nice little joke. Yeah, go just on. Just a one-liner. Um, okay. Uh one one of the things that you might know about me is that I'm genuinely a nice boy. Um, I'll tell you something nice about me. I recently adopted a rescue dog. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, nice. I mean, a lot of people oh, have died yeah. on the mountain since he moved in with me. But <laughs> there you go. It's a one line. <laughs> I like I like the little, I like like me and my mates just send one liners to each other all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And the worse they are, the better, aren't they? Yeah. The Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. For that no, compliment. no. <laughs> mine are mine are generally quite bad. Like. Oh, was this one, uh, there was this one couple I passed in the supermarket and they were asking, what do you want for tea? And he was, and she said, do you want pizza? He said, I oh, you want a piece of you. Oh, Sunderland delivers again, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> classy, um, classy place. Speaking of Sunderland delivering, does, just, has anybody seen the video of the kickoffs in one, one of the bars on the seafront? It was the Queen Vic. Yeah, ah, the Queen just, just around the corner from my kind of like, those tables flying and everything. What? what? No. Sunderland! Oh, that, just had it, like, giving it all that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I literally work to the, in the bar like down the road from there we didn't know anything about that it's right. like oh wow have you seen this which body viral didn't it New Derby do you really yes. yes so if anybody you two just met <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if any of you uh, who, who work are listening well yeah I've just promoted you um, yeah uh, David what social media can we find you on oh I'm on uh, Twitter I'm on uh, at David Callahan. I'm on Facebook uh, David Callahan uh, hyphen comedian although I've, I haven't updated that in about a year and a half <laughs> so you can learn about my 2016 show there it was really good um, uh, I'm on uh, Instagram at Callahandleless pun there guys bit of levity no <laughs> yeah alright and uh, yeah oh can I tell you about the um, Jeff Brown's play that I'm opening for yeah I've got okay, yeah, for next I think it's the 14th I should know because I'm doing four days of it but I'm doing 20 minutes to stand up before Jeff Brown's play about uh, Davy Corner it's called Cornered and um I think it's going to be smashing, really. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's the Peacock. Fun for all Sunderland fans yeah. of all ages. So if you want to hear about Sunderland <laughs> capitulating to a different team in yeah. the past, <laughs> then come on down. Where we'll do you get tickets from? Uh, the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google. No Just Google cornered tickets. Yeah. It's cranked Sunderland. Anvil, so maybe them. Yeah. I think I think we might have some. We might have a comp- by the time people listen to this, we might have a competition on the site for some tickets. Um, so we'll be sure to. And that, and if so anybody you, doesn't know who David Corner is, he was a fa- very famously played, played in defence in the League Cup final in '85, and probably should have put the ball out for Corner, didn't, and then uh, Norwich end up scoring. Um, <laughs> we got beat, the and then I've I've actually seen him do talkings where where he spoke about his life after that. So funny, like he was, a, I think he became a policeman, policeman after he finished yeah. playing, yeah. and he was a. Uh, I mean the, the specific details I don't know but anyways he, he got called to a, there was a domestic or something at a house in Merton then he um, they get there and it's all kicking off there's shouting screaming bodies flying everywhere and this kid's smashing the place up and um, so the coppers get themselves in they grab him they drag him out uh, corner's actually standing outside and as the guy gets dragged past him he's going absolutely mental he spots Davy Corner out the corner of his eye and just stops and stares at him and then goes, Why didn't you kick it out, Davy? <laughs> <laughs> and just gets hopelessly dragged into the back of the copper van. 
and that's his that's his, uh, he's that's he's had to suffer that his whole for life a, for that one mistake in the cup see, final. Lad. You uh, say that you want just local lads who really want to play for that. You know, <laughs> they don't need to be really good. They just need to try. Look at the life of Davy Corner. Yep. It turns out we're as fickle as anyone else. <laughs> um, so have you got quite a busy sort of schedule of stand up and stuff coming up at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two shows going to um, festival. Uh, in Edinburgh in August and then I'll be touring them I'm hoping to do them in, in the northeast in sort of October time um, but the one that I'm working on at the moment is a tech adventure through a 1996 episode of Taggart that um, the audience control uh, but I've, I think I'll be smashing I've, I've done it a couple of times imagine if the audience could control Sutherland from like it feels like uh, like around the corner I think you know. <laughs> someone should be in control <laughs> <laughs> um, so lads have got anything else to add? No, I think, round, I think if anybody's lasted this long on this week's show, then they won a medal. Like, yeah. I quite what. Actually, no, they're getting they're getting about this length now. The shows, aren't they? I think last week went on an hour and a half. Uh, we had like quality guests on last week. Ah, to <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, thanks very much, uh, Gavin James, uh, for coming. No problem. And, uh, well done as host, Johnny. Well done as host. Thanks very much, uh, and David as well. Thank you for coming in. Cheers. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Acast, and follow Rogue Report on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And subscribe to us on YouTube where you'll be able to catch episode 4 of Rogue Report TV. It's great fun. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, people need, to, people need to watch that if they're not already. It was good. Yeah. It was the best episode yet, I think, this week. Now, uh, now Bromley is the better Bromley <laughs> brother, I think. You know. Genuinely. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks very much. I'm uh, your host, Johnny Goldsmith, and this has been The Rogue Report. Thank you for listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.